Well, hello, and welcome to the Eddie Hawkswood Show, which is part of the Blue Lake Drive Network. Uh, I invite you to visit bluelakedrive.com for all the content you need, including podcasts, original writing, and thought-provoking information. And you, uh, you probably need that each and every day at Blue Lake Drive. We're seeking to provide that for you. I'm Eddie Hawkswood, your host, and we're recording from the Deep Threat Studio. I'm glad to be joined by my lifelong friend, Steve Kershaw. Steve, welcome to the very first podcast I've ever done. Eddie, thanks. Uh, really excited to get this started. Uh, we look forward to our conversation today. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've uh, known each other since at least I have a baseball trophy where we played on the Pirates, the 80-81 range. I'll have to dig it out for our uh, our fans and viewers and, uh, and validate that that's at least the first year that uh, we've known each other. And, uh, you know, yeah, so it, was, it was a great, great club from what I remember. It um, pretty stacked, middle of the order, and a uh, couple, couple good kids uh, pitching uh, that year. Even though it was T-ball, how how was our uh, our, our selection this year for the uh, Essex County Sports Hall of Fame? Are we still on the back burner? Are we still eligible for that that team to make it? You know, we're just waiting for a couple people to advocate for us. Ed, we're close. Yeah, yeah. I, I think five, five years left until we're on the the legends ballot. <laughs> well, if if we get to that point, let's hope and pray the uh, the veterans have a, a fondness for the team that provided the best snacks after the game. <laughs> anyway, uh, how are you and yours doing during these uh, challenging times? You guys good? Yeah, we're pretty good. Um, we've kept it locked down for the most part. Uh, my wife and kids uh, are getting along pretty well at home, and uh, things are a little easier now that school's ended. Uh, a little bit more laid back. They were hectic for a bit, getting four kids uh, started each day and trying to keep up with uh, the course load. But uh, can't complain. We're doing well. Both of us are working uh, through this time and uh, not – the added stress there that some people are facing. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go first, uh, but then ask you yours. What has been the one trick that's enabled you guys to, uh, to get through this grind? And for us, my wife had the bright idea to order uh, an inflatable pool. It's 15 feet in diameter. And I wasn't so gung ho on it. And, and, and she was, but we filled it. There's a filter that runs, uh, you clean it a little bit, and uh, our kids have been in it nonstop, and that's probably saved our sanity. What about you guys? Um, well, sadly, uh, we've fallen victim to a lot of uh, screen time. Um, <laughs> my oldest, my son, is playing a lot of Fortnite, shoots some baskets in the driveway intermittently. Um, my youngest two are twin six-year-old girls, and uh, they're both into Minecraft. Um, so we don't have the luxury right now of a pool in the backyard. Uh, so it's tough to get them in the backyard. So one of the things we've actually been discussing is, uh, uh, long-term, you know, with maybe travel restrictions and things of that nature, um, how a pool would fit into our future and just having a little bit more to do at home for the kids. Yeah. Ours, ours was about $500. So uh, it, it's not as if uh, it was the massive undertaking that some of these backyard oases are. Okay, uh, I'll get right into it. Uh, you and I have been uh, 
going back and forth on an announcement that seems to have come in under the radar late last week. Uh, our favorite uh, baseball team, the Detroit Tigers, made an announcement on Friday. And Friday is usually the day in which agencies, companies, they announce bad news. Uh, actually, it would have been uh, Thursday, but it, it did come in late. And everybody's looking forward to the holiday weekend. So it didn't get a lot of fanfare. But what it was was the Tigers have entered into a dynamic new multi-year partnership with PointsBet, a premier global sportsbook operator, to enhance fan engagement and game day excitement by providing access to unique experiences, read gambling, uh, content promotions, and more in and around Comerica Park. So Michigan legalized gambling in 2019. Uh, and this is the first Major League Baseball club to do it. So before I get into that, I'd like your, your take on it. But from my standpoint is this was actually a big deal. And I think it's a power move by the Tigers to, up until that point. You'd have the, the San Francisco Giants. And I think uh, the Angels had a reporter mention it. Franchises were talking about putting cardboard cutouts of season ticket holders in the seats. Okay, so, you know, it's a little bit cool and it's, it's different, but that's nothing on par with what the Tigers just announced. What, what, what are your thoughts on this move? Um, well, I mean, selfishly, um, I, I like it. Uh, I'm not uh, a gambler. I haven't been a gambler in a baseball setting. My gambling in sports goes as far as fantasy football. Um, so I'm really interested in, in probably talking to other people who uh, take the plunge first into how it changes uh, a game, uh, the impact of, uh, you know, fan enjoyment on games. Um, I'm a little worried that uh, I think we spoke about this. I'm a little worried that if I get into it, I'm going to be more concerned with how, um, you know, individual players are doing or who's scoring runs first or how many runs are scored rather than just the win-loss aspect. So I don't know if I want to poison the Tigers like I've poisoned the Detroit Lions for me yeah, in terms of just that fantasy impact, that gambling impact. Uh, I like just wanting to go to the game, wanting to watch the game, hoping for that win rather than uh, to see, uh, you know, Miguel Cabrera or uh, Heimer Candelario, you know, get a hit during the sixth inning because, um, you know, it's going to make me some money. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. It's been a tale of a weird offseason for the Tigers. And this is how I'll frame it up. <clears throat> they lose longtime Tiger legend Al Kaline, unfortunately. He passes away. That's a low point. Then they have the high of drafting. Spencer Torkelson, first overall, and by all accounts, he's the real deal. So there's optimism for the future. Uh, so yeah, low point, a high point. And then this foray into uh, gaming, as they call it, uh, really has to put Detroit, especially if they, they manage it and market it well, ahead of other clubs in terms of uh, getting a piece of this pie. And, and I, I really believe that... Um, the dominoes are going to fall very quickly for other franchises. Wouldn't you imagine? Like, don't you think that by the time opening day, whenever it happens to be for this 2020 season, wouldn't you imagine every other club will partner and have this up and running? 
I think so. I'm, I'm sure that the front offices for every club are already talking about it, and uh, many are probably ready to pull the trigger. Um, some might take a bit more of a wait and see approach, but I think uh, they're, you know, it's interesting to see Detroit kind of take the lead on this, and um, we'll see how it plays out. But the, there's just obviously so much, uh, so much money um, in this area that uh, I think it was eventually headed in this direction anyway, and best to get out in front of it, like like the Illiches have. It's funny you just mentioned Illiches. Uh, and I was trying to think of <clears throat> when Detroit has been uh, a premier leader in a league in terms of doing something revolutionary. And what I mean by that is, I think you went dome stadiums, dome stadiums for so long, and then you saw Camden Yards built. And as such, the model after that was to build Camden Yards. And um, in the NFL, we've seen offenses change. The last time Detroit sort of uh, led the led the league in uh, being revolutionary might have been putting five Russian skaters out there for the Red Wings uh, in the Scotty Bowman era. And I'm I'm, I'm really trying. Does anything come to your mind as to when Detroit got out in front of, of a trend or or um, something revolutionary? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the going to work Pistons team in 04, but there was, there was a three or four year window where they were really preaching defense and they almost turned the league, uh, um, upside down with, uh, the low scoring games they were playing, just grinding out games. Uh, and I know the league, uh, put some countermeasures in to, to get away from that. The, the casual viewers did not like. 68 to 59 games. Um, we loved them as uh, Piston fans and fans of basketball, but uh, I think your casual fan is what you're after, and I think that's what points bet is looking to do, what the Tigers and, and Major League Baseball is looking to do is is to bring in more of a uh, casual fan or a fan with a different agenda, maybe a, a gambling agenda um, to enhance the experience of being at the park or watching games on television. It's just that added element that I think baseball is missing for a lot of people, uh, something to fill the time. Think of all of these, you know, millennials and gen generation Z uh, people that, that need to be stimulated, that want it, uh, the action. And I think this is, uh, this is for that group of people, that demographic. You just touched on the action, which I'm glad you did, because that enables me to call up some numbers to run by you. Now, we mentioned who they've partnered with, PointsBet. They're originally out of Australia. I started looking them up a little bit. They've got an office in New Jersey. And it says, when it comes to gambling on an individual scale, Australians currently lead the way. In 2014, a mere six years ago, Aussies gambled over $916 per person. The states uh, came in third at 505. And just for the sake of giggles, I'll let you try and guess which nation per capita uh, <laughs> came in second. Uh, and I'll give you their, their total. So uh, Australia, one more time, is $916 a person. The nation right behind them, uh, was $891, and uh, it's not 
based out of Africa, South America, Europe, or North America. So pick another country. And uh, these, these folks were second on the international gambling scale per capita. I don't think you said Asia. I did not say Asia. Good powers of deduction, Steve Kershaw. So I don't know. Let's go with uh, uh, the Koreans or the Japanese. They're tied into baseball. So let's go with Japan. Okay. I, uh, not a bad guess. Uh, it's Singapore. Singapore had gambling legalized. Uh, it doesn't say, but it just recently was uh, legalized. Anyway, uh, per person, they spent just under $900. Uh, I was surprised. I was shocked. So the company comes from Australia, where obviously people are uh, heavily invested into having a little action on the way. How do you think that's going to change the fan experience? Improve it? Make it more frustrating? Is it going to? Uh, I don't think it changes the experience for uh, fans who aren't interested in it. I mean, it's you know you're not uh, you're not tied into having to gamble on games or take even any sort of interest in it. But I do think that it provides an added outlet, a little bit more is bang for your buck for uh, people that maybe want to go to a game or watch a game and have a game inside the game. So much like fantasy football, um, you're watching the game, but you're also watching uh, for individual performances or, you know, team-based scoring to win you a few dollars on top of, you know, your, your team win or your team loss. So I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, there's obviously a worry in how it might corrupt the game, how it might jeopardize the integrity of the game. Uh, but gambling has been around baseball and other sports for um, a long time. And you either, you know, you either warm up to it uh, and accept it, or um, we can complain and we can speculate about how it might uh, jeopardize the game and, you know, maybe the statistics and the, the, but, it, I don't, for you and I, uh, I don't know if if we really know um, just how much this might impact the game or how uh, a player uh, might approach in that bat or how a pitcher might approach in that bat. I don't think it really will change the game itself. Okay, let me pose this to you because when uh, this became this came to light, a lot of our friends started commenting on, you know, it, it, is a is there going to be corruption? We'll leave that for another time. But what I wanted to touch on is my feeling was with the introduction of legalized betting, this is really going to shut the door on Pete Rose's Hall of Fame case because he's already been out of the Hall of Fame. And if they say any, any unto-do action results in severe punishment and just use him as the example – would you agree that this this pretty much uh, locks the the door for Pete Rose getting back into baseball? Because Major League Baseball may want to use him as an example to ensure that the integrity is maintained as, as well as possible. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's sad that Major League Baseball has embraced gambling now, um, but uh, has said to to Pete Rose, you know, you're going to be kind of our, our, uh, 
figure of, of what not to do um, as players. You know, don't engage in, don't be approached by, uh, don't compromise uh, the game in any way. But we're going to tempt you. We're going to bring in uh, these these gambling uh, sites, and uh, and you might be tempted, but uh, don't do that. Or you know, look what happened to Pete. Um, but yeah, I don't think Pete Rose is ever, if he hasn't gotten into the hall of fame at this point, I don't see it ever happening. Um, I think what he did was, uh, I don't think he belongs in the hall personally. I think betting on your own team, betting against, uh, he, he's always said he's only bet on his team, but I just think it impacted, uh, the way he managed, the way he played and, uh, I don't have a problem that Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Do you want to touch on it all? The, the, not the morality of it, but the influence it'll have on, on the youth. Because as you just said, uh, it, it says, uh, according to the press release, um, there's going to be uh, involvement in television, radio broadcast from PointsBet. Um, there's going to be branding at Comerica Park. Uh, it'll be featured on Detroit Tigers radio network. I, and, and how I'll frame this up is my dad would buy a lottery ticket and every Saturday night they'd have the lotto draw and it'd be televised. I think Maggie, you said we used to do it. And my sister would, you know, write down the numbers for my dad. And then my dad would cross reference what she'd written down with the numbers he'd picked. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, my sister was interested in it. Now, as you can tell, uh, we did not win the lottery <laughs> at all. And my sister does not have a massive gambling problem, but uh, you know, there you, you're always trying to attract the next generation. And if you're bombarding the next generation with these questions and um, uh, availability to, to gambling, do you think the intrigue will be peaked? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I uh, I don't know. I really don't. We'll have to wait and see. I think. Um, yeah, I think it will for, for some young uh, fans, I think it will. And uh, you know, gambling is a real issue. Uh, and I'm sure there will be some that get uh, hooked into this form of gambling, this points betting. And uh, if you like baseball, like I do, uh, like you do, you know, I think it's just one more thing to think about, one more, more stats that we like to crunch and, and speculate on. And uh, adding that, um, that, you know, that money component, that gambling component, I think is going to appeal to a lot of young people. And it, it probably will uh, corrupt some young, uh, some young fans. So there will be some followed, I'm sure. I don't know to what uh, extent. Uh, we'll, well wait and see on that. And I have thought about it. You know, baseball, and so has points bet. There'll have to probably be a, a two-point authentication process, so that some kid can't just take their dad's phone when he steps out of the mom's phone when they step into the, the other room with it with a hot screen and just start saying, you know, I think I think my favorite player is going to hit a home run. You know, they're calling for the intentional walk. There has to be some sort of, uh, you know, verification that has to have been thought of. But you know, it's just something I wanted to run by you and speaking of thinking of things um we're gonna get into some fun stuff obviously baseball is like the rest of the world having to deal with the covid crisis um 
you know, anything you want to say about COVID, uh, COVID and its impact on, on this season, maybe your thoughts on just a 60 game season, your thoughts on the precautions they have to take. Like I was reading from training camp yesterday, there are spots marked where a pitcher enters the mound spots marked where they have to leave the mound. Like there's, so they aren't tracing back their steps and going over and touching uh, un, uncleaned areas after they've been cleaned. It's, it's, it's got to be very bizarre, especially especially because baseball players are such uh, creatures of habit. And when they're streaky, they don't want to change their socks. They don't want to wash their jock straps. Like, you know, th- these are realities. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I uh, personally was hoping to play a little baseball this summer, but uh, where we live, we're still phase two. And uh, the, the, the people... Um, heading up this league just were not willing the managers of the, of the different towns and the different teams in our county were not willing to um, go through all of the different safeguards against COVID. So they decided to just call it a season um, rather than, you know, try to challenge some of these old habits and uh, that'll be difficult to break for a lot of these ball players. So the social distancing, um, is going to be a difficult thing, and I'm sure there's going to be, you know, officials policing it uh, for the major leagues. It wouldn't be as easy for you know a bunch of 30 and you know 40 year old guys uh, to to hold themselves responsible. But it, the impact will be great. Um, Michael Fulmer said that he goes he goes hey, whatever it takes to just get baseball back, he'll buy in, and I think that's cool. Like rather than we, we've all seen those shots of guys in the bullpen. Like when Roy Halladay would go eight nine innings, and you'd, they'd all, the, the TV would always show the the board bullpen. We'd call it because the guys, you know, you know Roy. There's a chance he would throw a complete game every time he went out there, and you have to imagine that they'll just run the bullpen down the foul line. Here's your seat, you know, watch your head, or they'll probably be sitting in the stands. And uh, to, to, to wrap up what you were saying earlier, yeah, my manager was listening to the uh, the meetings for our league. And he said, yeah, 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 we'll do anything. We'll do, you know, we'll, we'll stay out of the, the dugout. We'll, we'll line up along the fence. And, you know, um, they even said that, you know, I play center field. He'll just hop the fence and wait back there. And if he's not batting, just hang out there the whole time. He was willing to play ball. Unfortunately, the league has ruled to not play ball. Let's get into some fun parts. Uh, we're hoping that this section catches on. Uh, I'm going to call it Kershaw's Crucial Questions. And that deals with the, uh, the, the importance uh, as it relates to uh, the topic we're talking about, which is sports betting. So I've looked at the season win totals, and Caesars Entertainment has put out the highest win total. Can you guess which club they predict to win the most games this year? I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Okay. Uh, they actually do not have the Dodgers. Yes, they do. They do. My goodness. It's, it's changed. Okay. Dodgers, do you know what they're listed at? I think they're up in the high 30s. 37. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, and in the AL, the Yankees are 36 and a half. So what club do you want to talk about first? We'll talk about it. Um, well, let's start with uh, the Yankees. I mean, generally, I hate talking about them, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I do think, um, you know, they've got a lot going on around that club. And, uh, uh, Tanaka got hit by a 
by a batted ball yesterday off the bat of John Carlos Stanton. And that's one guy I would not want to get hit uh, <laughs> uh, with a comebacker. And uh, they've got uh, just a really interesting team. Aaron Judge's health is um, really in question. He's got bad ribs and his outlook doesn't look very good. But I still, in spite of Severino being lost for the year, I still think they're going to be uh, a 40-win team. I, that's what I, I see them winning a ton of games. They still have uh, some great starting pitching, including Garrett Cole. They've got a good back end, and their their batting order is absolutely loaded, even without Aaron Judge. So as of today, first week of July, would they be your uh, pick to come out of the American League? Uh, if I had to make a pick, uh, they'd be my pick, yeah, for sure. I okay, think that... Uh, one of the things I think we're going to see in this short season is you're going to see some teams pull the plug pretty early on the season uh, and maybe go with uh, some younger and unproven guys. Um, and I think you're going to just see sort of a big donut effect where you're going to have five or six teams in each league uh, win 35 to 45 games, and you're going to see some teams just absolutely tank. All right. So I have... Uh, first crucial question was Yankees your pick. I'm going to take the Rays, but um, you're my guest. I'll expand on my thoughts at another time. Go to the senior circuit. Uh, some other news you just talked about, Masa getting hit by a liner from Stanton. Uh, there was some news out of the Braves uh, clubhouse. Uh, it's unfortunate. I'll let you, uh, you comment on it. And the Braves were just a half tick above the defending World Series champion Nationals in terms of uh, over/under predicted win totals at 33. What do you think of the Braves now that uh, the news has trickled down? Well, I think it's definitely going to impact their team in a negative way. So they lost uh, Freeman and uh, their closer uh, Will Smith for the for the time being. Yeah. So I don't. This is just we didn't talk about this COVID impact, but you know. It doesn't take much to knock uh, maybe a playoff contending team out of the race. Um, if you lose Freeman and Smith for a month, uh, you know, maybe, you know, God willing, hopefully that they they come out on the other end of this. But, uh, you know, maybe a two-week period of, uh, of treating the illness and then two weeks of quarantine uh, and then have to pass some tests to get back on the field. Uh, they might not see them for the first month of the season, and their season might be over if they get off to a you know three and eleven start. Um, it's done in a sixty game season. Um, a start like that is just going to probably end uh, end your chances. Like we've seen the Oakland A's have slow starts in the past before and make up uh, for it with red hot July and August, but there's not really going to be uh, a chance for teams to do that. So if you don't get out of the gate pretty well in a 60-game year, the season's going to be lost. Uh, and obviously the Nationals wish they could have celebrated uh, a little bit better this year. I mean, everybody wishes for some better outcome in 2020, let's face it. Uh, but uh, do you like the Nats? They're, they're right in the, the division with the Braves. There's familiarity there, uh, an experienced pitching staff, and uh, – you know, there's probably that mentality that, uh, you know, to defend the title is the toughest thing. And, and so they want to show their toughness. What do you think of the Nationals' chances? 
I, I mean, I like them. I, I think that uh, anytime you start with Max Scherzer, Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin at the top of your rotation, I think you're going to win games. Um, and their line I saw was, thir- I believe, 30, 32 and a half. So, yeah, I, I, I like them to win 33 or more games. They still have uh, some great young talent uh, in their everyday lineup. I'm looking forward to see what Juan Soto can do this year. He was an absolute beast in the playoffs last year. I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even want to pitch that guy. He, he frightens me. <laughs> they've got, they've got, a, they're the defending world champs, and I think that line. Um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a line maker. Maybe they know, they usually do know more than we do, but. Uh, it just seems like the loss of Ryan Zimmerman, who's pretty much five years past his prime anyway, should not uh, amount to um, that kind of win total. So I, I, I'd, I'd be all over the over with that one. Okay, good call. Is there any team uh, where you see them going way over? And my buddy Sean Matthew always makes the joke. He's like, never take the under. Life's too short. Is there any team getting really good value from the Caesar line that uh, we took a look at the other day where you'd say, Hey, you know what? Everybody sleeps on the Orioles. They can win more than 20 games or, uh, you know, our Tigers are at 21 and a half of Sterling. One out of every three W's is projected. Um, the Mariners 24, 24 wins. Anyone else getting uh, too low of a win total that you'd, uh, you'd jump all over. Uh, you know what? In the in the central, in the AL central, I, I kind of like the White Sox to put it together. Um, I'm not sure what line do they have it. Uh, Thirty one and a half. So they merely, I mean, somebody's got to beat up on the, the the Royals of the world, the Tigers of the world, um, and so you, the White Sox would be your your choice. I I just I, yeah, I like their team. Um, they brought in a couple. Uh, guys, they've got a couple young guys in Jimenez and uh, Moncada who I think are ready to maybe turn into the superstars that uh, they were projected. And they've got some great players uh, in like guys like Abreu and Anderson behind. So I think they're a solid team. I think that the AL Central is a, a very strong division. The Twins are projected to win uh, the mid to upper 30s as well. I think. But I do think uh, both those teams will beat up on um, on the Tigers and the Royals. And in interleague, I believe they play the NL Central teams, and there's a couple of teams they can beat up on there. So I, I like, yeah, I like the White Sox to win, uh, you know, maybe 35 uh, games, and if things go really well, maybe push 40. You just touched on the NL Central. We're not going to go division by division, um, but I did want to say if that's. The, the, the clubs they're facing. Look at how close the projections for the NL Central clubs are. The lines for the Cubs, 31 and a half wins. The line for the Reds, 31 and a half wins. Cardinals, are you sitting down? Yes, you are. 31 and a half wins. The Brewers, 30 and a half wins. So the, those four clubs are all within, three of them are tied. One's within a game, and that club happens to feature. Christian Yelich, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, and the Pirates, they're at the low end of the division, uh, projected to only win 25 games, which is still higher than low-end clubs in the East in the NL, where the Marlins are only getting 23.5 projected wins. 
out west. The Giants 24 and a half in the AL West. Mariners are 24. We touched on the Tigers already, and so the Orioles. So that NL Central is going to be tight. Yeah, generally is. Uh, the Cubs, the Cardinals, uh, the Brewers the last couple of years have closed that gap. And, and those teams, they just grind it out seemingly every summer. So, uh, I, you know, I hope the same happens this summer. It'd be fun uh, baseball to check out in September with some some races on the line. And uh, with the new formats, with uh, I think the additional uh, playoff entry, um, the DH now in the National League. So just some extra things to keep an eye on this year. Yeah. Um, does this shortened season, who does it favor? The young clubs like the Toronto Blue Jays, where they're just going to try and roll in a whole bunch of new faces and get them some burn? Or does the shortened season favor a veteran club who, you know, essentially will have a lot of players rested? But that pressure of it's now or never, like, for instance, uh, you know, the Dodgers have to be so frustrated. They had the controversial loss to the Astros in 2017. They are always right there. Their major market. Who would you say the 60 game season favors the young and upcoming or those that are veteran with a little bit of pressure on? Generally, I mean. I think in baseball, like I, I tend to roll with teams that have uh, have have been there or are right on the doorstep of of taking that that next step. So, you know, I like teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers who've got experience. Um, I think they they understand uh, all these teams do, but they understand the importance of a quick start. But I'm still I'm looking at players and the teams with the most talent. Uh, and some depth because this COVID will probably test teams' depth this year. But the teams with the most talent are going to win the most games. And 60 games is still 60 games. It's still a long enough season that the cream should rise to the top. Yeah. I mentioned the Rays earlier, and I'm not going to get into too much depth, but I will. I realize I didn't justify my selection. I just think that they're based out of Florida. So with all the craziness, they're accustomed to it. The hot temperatures, they're they're familiar with it, and you know they're right behind the Yankees. Predicted a over under win total of thirty four games. They're not to be taken lightly, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a few things break their way. But that's just that's just my feeling without going into too too much detail. Uh, all right, Steve, I think that just about wraps it up. Unless there's anything else you wanted to touch on. Um, no, Ed, I had a great time. I haven't talked baseball like this in a bit. Um, you want to make some World Series picks? Put a little wager on it? Uh, with the zero dollars and zero cents I've earned recently? Sure. Um, would you, as my guest, uh, would you like to go first? I think I already said raise and you said you had the Yankees, but you know, I was holding your feet to the fire. Would you like to make your prediction? I think this year is going to be the year of the Dodgers. I think uh, Clayton Kershaw is going to um, put it together in the postseason. And I just love the depth of their team. Uh, they have so many bats. And watching them uh, the last few playoffs, they're just so close. And uh, I'm a big believer in teams just kind of – having to go through the process, uh, getting close, and then getting over. And I think they get over this year and win. Yeah. I uh, 
I got the Dodgers. When you asked for a prediction, I wrote it down before I got to it. I, I'm taking them over the Rays. The Dodgers, you can quantify a lot easier. I think uh, to echo what you said about Kershaw, there's been a lot of evidence to suggest that when he got tagged for a, a, a home run, I think it was on a curveball, he, uh, he didn't leave it hanging. Uh, I forget who hit it off him, but they just they knew it was coming. And he, you know, it, it, he's mentally tough to play in Los Angeles uh, year after year and be so successful. You've got to be wired really well. And I think uh, the Dodgers have set them. And I like their manager, Dave Roberts. You know, I liked what he did when he was a Red Sox and then he put in his time as a, a San Diego-based coach. And uh, he's handled things. I mean, it's going to be crazy managing in Los Angeles. So he's, he's handled things with poise and professionalism. And I think the players respect that. Plus, we didn't even talk about how uh, they, they added Mookie Betts this year. I feel like, you know. Yeah, one of the most dynamic players in the game, right? And uh, if they do, putting in the Rays that I predicted in the World Series, Mookie Betts used to see the Rays like 16 times every year, 18 times every year. So uh, if it comes out of the AL East, which, you know, Yankees are Rays, Mookie Betts has seen those arms uh, and, and gives them a massive advantage. So um, that's a good prediction. We both got the Dodgers. We have different American League opponents. That's fine. We're going to find out in 60 days. Last couple questions. First, do you think you'll be watching any baseball? Uh, I do. I think uh, I think it's going to happen. I think these squads, I think they've got 60-man kind of active rosters. So uh, uh, unless things absolutely blow up over there, and who knows, they might, um, I think we're going to have baseball. And uh, there might be uh, two DLs this year, one for – physical injuries and one for, you know, coronavirus. But I think that these teams uh, uh, are going to have the full extent of these 60 bodies and they're going to be uh, shuttling them in and out. Uh, but I think we're going to see baseball. I hope we do. And then the last question, which ties into the entire theme of this first inaugural podcast, will you be adding the points bet app, which is also available on the MLB app or the District Detroit app, according to the press release. Will you be adding that to your uh, cell phone? <clears throat> um, uh, you know, I'll probably add it, but uh, the conversation, I need to start a conversation with my wife. Um, I don't know I want to go down that hole without uh, permission from uh, from my wife. Uh, four kids, and uh, it's just, I'm not sure it's somewhere I want to go uh, because – Goodness, Ed, I like to watch baseball and I like to have a little bit of action. So uh, I don't know if I, I, I want to test that. We'll see. We'll see. We will, uh, we will uh, see how things unfold and we will come to a consensus on what uh, the stakes for our wager should be should uh, things get rolling. Steve, thank you very, very much for joining me. Uh, it's, uh, I'd say it's always a pleasure, but this is the first one. So this is the, uh, it's been a great first foray into it. So uh, thanks again. Again, this has been the Eddie Hawkswood Show. It's part of the Blue Lake Drive Network where you can find all the content that you need. And uh, we thank our guest, Steve Kershaw. Look forward to having him again down the road. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Eddie. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye now.